A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts threw all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, Hello babies. babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. This is a podcast about true crime. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's about um, true law-abiding things. Only, only people who don't break the rules. Yes, yes. This is a fascist podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. Well, how are you? Because you just got back from Aspen. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. It feels like a million years since we've podcasted just because... I know. We did a couple in a row. We did like three in a row, right? We did so many. We did like five. Yeah. (laughs) We did like (laughs) 15,000. Yeah. But then also I I just got back from Aspen and boy, are my lungs tired. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so Um, first of all, okay, so you went for a film festival because your short short was featured, which is amazing. My short film, Open and Shut, was featured at Aspen Shorts Fest, which is an Academy Award qualifying film festival. Um, which means I automatically get an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Done. Um, Yeah, no, it was very exciting because we had already premiered at um, the Seattle Asian American Film Festival, but I didn't get to go to that one. And so this was the first time seeing it in a theater. So that was really exciting. That happened on Wednesday. And it was like, it was really cool. It was like a slightly more sparsely attended screening because it was like a Wednesday kind of late night one. Mm -hmm. So I sort of, I still feel like I want the, to scratch the itch of seeing it in like a full theater. Yeah. Um, And we also um, had to follow a really depressing one. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I bet people were relieved to see yours because it's funny. Yes, exactly. I was like, I totally get why they put ours where they put it because it's like uh, funnier and lighter. And, um, you know, they didn't want to end on the one that they showed right before ours because it was like, a uh, half an, almost half an hour long and it was about oh. a very dark topic. <laughs> Can I just say that's too long for a short? Like come on folks, like <laughs> uh it's like yeah, really pushing it, I think. Yeah, um, you're pushing it. That's almost a movie. Come on. <laughs> full length. <laughs> um but uh it was really exciting and it was fun. Um and who boy the altitude. Yeah, that's what I tell you. That's what I really wanted to ask you about because <laughs> I have a couple of trips to Colorado coming up, and I'm going to be at eight thousand feet or higher, and I'm really scared. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I think Aspen's like eight thousand or a little over. Yeah. Um, it's intense. Let me tell you, I had the weirdest symptom that I just don't know. I like couldn't find corroboration for this online, but. I had like two days straight of deja vu. That's terrifying. It's like a straight up just like neurological <laughs> symptom. I hate that so much. Yeah, I was like, I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> My brain is deprived of oxygen. Yes. I mean, I, we got those like oxygen cans, which you, I highly recommend getting. Like, you What can are those? Just, you got whippets? 
basically you get these like cans of oxygen that have like a little mouth nozzle on them and you put them over your mouth and you spray it and <gasps> take a breath in. And so it's like it helps. It genuinely helps. Really? I've never heard of that before. They have them at like grocery stores there. Whoa. And like, you know, at, at grocery stores and, and drug stores. I'm sure you'll be able to find them. It really helps because you do get used to it after a few days. But uh-huh. the first few days, it's like you get hell of winded just like walking upstairs or like. Yeah. Walking straight is fine. But walking up anything like any incline, you're just like. <gasps> <gasps> it's like you yeah. really lose a lot of oxygen. And it's it's fucking weird. Um, but yeah, I. I was having this like it's not even exactly deja vu because it wasn't like I was looking around at what I was seeing and feeling like I had seen it before or done that before. It was that like about once a minute I would have a flash of like what felt like like just in my mind I would have kind of like a flash of a memory of a scene from a TV show that does not exist and I would feel like I had you know I was remembering something but then I could not tell you a single detail about the flash that I had just had but I would be like what was that from you know what I mean for like I was trying really hard to like go through like what I had watched recently to be like does any of that line up with what I'm like thinking about but then it's like it's really like you're remembering a dream because it's not real. <laughs> and I had to just eventually at a certain point be like, this is not real. I'm not remembering a real TV show. Like I'm not remembering anything that's uh, that I've actually seen. This is just my brain being deprived of oxygen. And maybe I had a small seizure. Um, <laughs> that's so scary. <laughs> it was very scary. Um, but then it went away after like two or three days. Um Ugh. But it was like a weird, a weird private hell I was in. <laughs> it's crazy that your body eventually just adjusts and it's like, oh, OK, I only get this much much oxygen. I guess I'll stop like being a brat about yeah. it and just survive. It's very <laughs> fucking weird. It's so weird. Um, yeah, I'm scared. I, I feel pretty weird even at like 6,000 feet. So, yeah. OK, yeah, you're going to have a weird time. Yeah. Um, I, I think the hardest thing for me is just like like I'm not I think it's easier for me if I don't eat like a ton of food. The first mm. couple of days I'm at high altitude, which is really hard for me because when I'm on vacation anywhere, I just want to eat lots of food. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, OK, don't just like slam a burger and fries the first night because you'll feel terrible. I wonder why. I think it's just putting extra like. Are you sure that it's the food that's doing it or are you just connecting it with like. No, it, well, definitely the food made me feel yeah. really ill like anything super fatty and heavy like right. it just like anything my, my, that might make you feel sluggish when you're already feeling sluggish too yeah like, and it's just like i'm giving my body even more work to do i guess <laughs> yeah and it's but like it, <gasps> i can't handle it <laughs> but you know what it might just be me because my body's already bad at digesting stuff so take my you know advice with a grain of salt <laughs> right I'll, I'll be curious to hear how it goes this time for you. Um, definitely <laughs> just, go to a, a grocery store immediately and get get the big can of oxygen. Get the big whippets. Um, do, is there any side effect to just like horfing oxygen? No. Okay. Yeah. What would the side effects be? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. It's um, just pure oxygen. It's not like. <laughs> I'm just a, a hypochondriac, so I'm <laughs> scared of everything. <laughs> I'm scared of taking medicine. (laughs) It's not medicine. It's just air. (laughs) I'm scared of breathing. (laughs) I'm always like, am I breathing too much or not enough? No, it's just a normal amount of air. Um, 
But uh, it was really it was really fun. It it snowed a lot while we were there. Like on Friday, it was like really really nice for a few days, just like in the sixties and sunny. And then all of a sudden, it just started snowing. And we went up to Snowmass, which is like another like nearby ski town and rode the gondola up to the top of the ski slope and rode this like alpine roller coaster <gasps> called the breathtaker oh my god which is just like it's one of those ones where you basically sit on like a luge chair like you sit on a chair and they you have like a seat belt on and there are like brakes that you can pull on um and then you just go down this track and you can like kind of control the speed but not really because yeah me and peter wrote it together <laughs> and i think we were probably like pushing the weight limit together like uh i think it's normally it's like an adult and a kid go together not <laughs> like two full-size adults <laughs> um because when we started going down I, it was so fucking fast <laughs> and i was just like screaming Peter was like, the whole time you were screaming, oh, no, oh, no, it's too fast. It's too fast. Just like, I was just like, oh, no, oh, no. And he was like, when we got off, he was like, believe it or not, I was pulling on the brakes. Like, and it just did not do anything. <laughs> I feel like when you go really fast, you can't control what comes out of your mouth. And it's yeah. like, usually surprising. <laughs> At a certain point, I was like, I started saying, oh, shit. And then I was like, oh, there are kids around. Maybe I shouldn't say, oh, shit. So I had a little bit of control. But I was like, I definitely need to scream something or I'm not going to be okay. <laughs> oh, fuck me up. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so fun. And oh, also my cunt. <laughs> my cunt. My labia. My cunt. Um, <laughs> uh, sounds like something me and Adam would really hate. <laughs> oh, yeah. But also maybe enjoy a little bit. It was fun. But I got off and I was like, I'm not going on that again like yeah, we bought yeah. the ticket that came with three rides and i was like nope <laughs> i'm good <laughs> i am traumatized <laughs> yeah i lost my hat <laughs> and i was like it's gone <laughs> i we pulled into the bottom and like um mary Sohn, who uh was the star of my short had mm -hmm. bought me a hat from the aspen festival and i had been wearing it and then like i lost it on the ride and she was standing at the bottom when we got off and we just like pulled in and i was like hat's gone <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just like the amount of relief I felt when I got to the bottom. I was like, this clearly communicates to me that I should not go on it again. And I it was one of those things where I was like, I got so validated for not writing it again because all my friends who like went and wrote it again said that mm -hmm. the second time was way worse. Oh, really? Because all of a sudden it had gotten like really windy and cold, like <gasps> oh. in the time between when we first wrote it and when they got on it. And so like when you're already, it's already windy and cold and then <laughs> you're like whipping down the hill at like 30 miles an hour. They no. were just like, <gasps> like so <laughs> freezing. <laughs> Awesome. So I was like, hell yeah. Very rarely are people like, yeah, you were right to not go on the roller coaster. <laughs> you were right to not do the fun thing. Yeah. I um, I was thinking like, oh, well, okay, so right now I'm trying to get into horror movies for the first time, like really trying to get into them. And I'm like, shit, like maybe next year I should try to get into roller coasters. <laughs> but I think, oh, God. Um, I, I See, I don't think you need to. No. I, I I'm think... like, I'm not a roller coaster person either. Oh, you're not? Oh, I thought you were. Um, no. I like, like, Disney roller coasters. Yeah. Like, this one was, like, pushing it for me. Yeah. Like, I like a little bit of a thrill, but I, I think just physically I don't do well with them. Like, they yeah. just make me feel sick. 
I think also it's like people act like, oh, well, like you're not being adventurous if you don't like roller coasters. And it's like, no, dude, my body just processes adrenaline differently. Like I don't need a roller coaster to feel a normal amount of adrenaline. I just need to think I might miss a flight. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm convinced that the people who like love roller coasters are people who just like are not anxious about enough in their life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, their baseline is just different from ours. Yeah. 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 And I just don't need to feel like seasick. Like, you know, I don't need to feel that dizzy. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I I totally get that. It's just like your body reacts differently to it and it's not enjoyable to you. Like, why would it's like if you're just like, oh, well, I don't like olives. It's like, I guess people give me a hard time about that, too. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it's the same thing where it's like it is a matter of taste. It's like not a matter of not being open minded. Yeah, there's just stuff you don't like. It's fine. Yeah, but are you do you, are you finding that there are horror movies that you like are enjoying? Yes, I'm getting yeah. into it. Yes, because there's some that I'm just like, ew, yuck, I don't like that, or I'm bored by it, or it's just like I don't like the ones. It's just like you know, formulaic slasher, where it's just like okay, it's just trying to make you jump, and then there's gore. I just don't. I'm just not interested in that, and it makes me feel disgusted, yeah. and like I just don't enjoy it physically how it feels to watch those. But then I watched one that was this wasn't. This is the scariest one that I've seen. The this is the one that has ambiently ruined my life the most. Like it ruined my <laughs> dreams. I think about it all the time, and I recommend it. So let's cue the endorse horse. Oh boy! Baby geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset, now here's something we endorse. Okay, this one is It Follows. Rob's giving a big thumbs up. Fucking good. I think it's from 2014. Yeah, this was a big hit. Yeah, it was kind of like a sleeper. Like it, it, you know, did okay in the theaters. And then I think it's just kind of um, people still like it. Like it's still so good. Um... And I think it's just beautifully shot and just the vibe of it is so good. And it um, was scored by Disasterpiece, which is one of my favorite musicians who also did the music for Fez video game. And it's just incredible. Um, and it's just like, uh, do you know anything about it? Um, it's like the, a thing where they like have to pass it on by having sex, right? Yeah, it's a curse where you sleep with someone who has it. It gets passed to you and then it will follow you until it kills you. You can pass it to someone else by sleeping with them. But then if it kills them, it passes back down to you and just goes back down the line until it oh. kills everyone. And it's so creepy because it takes the form of any person. Like it can be someone you know, it can be a total stranger. It's often like someone who's just naked or like in a weird state of undress. And then it just walks towards you slowly but persistently and it's like the terminator like it just it's slow but it's not stupid and it just so like often it has the the movie has all these like wide angle shots where like even when the characters don't notice it you can just see in the very far background just something walking slowly towards so we watched the first half and then i had nightmares all night long like every (laughs) every dream i had even if it was about something else i was just 360ing looking for it you know, oh, appearing. God. And then, you know, when I and then we watched the rest the next morning and then just like walking the dog, I was like, Adam, you have to come with me. I'm too scared. And just like walking the dog, I was just like panning around, just 
looking at every person and just <gasps> I don't know, it just trains your eye to look like Yeah. Um, oh, that's so scary. Okay. I should watch it. It's really fucking cool. And I there's something nice about it. It's like a bunch of teens and there's just like no adults around and they're just always together, like napping together and just piled into a car together. And so it's got this coziness, even though it's creepy. Um, like it's kind of about teens and friendship and I don't know. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> I've been arguing with friends like, okay, so if you, if it was following you and you were able to like fly to an Island or something to try to escape it or buy yourself time, um, uh-huh. does it walk through the ocean to get to you or does it board a plane or boat? <laughs> and then Adam was like doing, he was acting out it just like queuing in line to board. <laughs> and then it, it can't like sit. Just so, going through TSA. <laughs> yeah. But like nobody else can see it except the person, the people who are cursed. So nobody else would notice. Doesn't have to buy a ticket or anything. But then I don't think it can sit down and rest or anything. So I think it would just like <laughs> kind of walk up and down the aisle and then it would queue in line again when people are deplaning. And then it would just like finally be happily walking again once it gets to the island. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It would just like lie down in the overhead bin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could probably stow away in cargo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something so creepy and dreamlike about it. It's good. I should see. So it. that's that's my update on Bad Vibes Watch 2023. <laughs> I had like a sort of, I'm like, I think it's from like residually from watching you. Mm. Like I watched a bunch of episodes of you recently. I and never then saw um, it. it's creepy. And, uh, I had a dream that I was like a murderer, like in you. Um, and but that also I was on a Columbo episode and I was like, <laughs> I knew I was a Columbo murderer and I really thought I was like acing the investigation. But then I was like, <laughs> nope, I know I'm making a mistake because they all make mistakes. Like, I know he, he's going to catch me. <laughs> um, I guess I have an endorsed horse too from the festival. So I got Ooh. to see a bunch of the other films. Um, and there was one that really stood out to me and I was very excited to see it because like I've been sort of like Twitter mutuals with the subject of this documentary for several years. Um, she's an abolitionist from Colorado named Elizabeth Epps, who's now a state representative. And, um, they made a documentary about her called, um, I think it's called When We Get Free. And it's just about her work, um, running like a freedom fund and then running for, uh, to be a state representative in Colorado and it's really inspiring and she's so oh, cool. cool and it's just like a really like beautiful beautifully made film and also just like the footage they got is just great and um, yeah anyway is that I don't know if like- that's going to be available for people to watch it had its world premiere at Aspen which was really cool too because it was like she was there and oh, there nice. were a lot of like um, you know it's very Colorado specific. And so it's like she was speaking to people of the state. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know when it'll be available, but keep your eyes out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they'll post it online. Yeah. I guess I also have an endorse horse for a current, <laughs> the current Jeopardy champion. I just want to <laughs> say I like him. <laughs> He's very gentle. He's an Aww. extremely gentle Jeopardy champion. He's really good, but also like his last two anecdotes were um, he accidentally bought too many egg tarts in San Francisco, so he handed them <laughs> out on the street. This is he was like I dusted off my you know rusty. 
I forget if it was Mandarin or Cantonese, but uh, he was like, I thought I was ordering two egg tarts, but I accidentally ordered two dozen. And then I just spent the rest of the day handing them out to people on the street. And then his anecdote before that was that he taught his dog how to hug. (laughs) (laughs) And he acted out the hug a little bit. And it was very cute. (laughs) I got to catch up on my Jeopardy. Yeah, um, he's good. He's a good champion. Um, Cute. Yeah. And there was also a a Jeopardy champion recently who was like uh, talking about her pollinator garden and Mm. singing the praises of wasps, which I was like, as a monarch butterfly cultivator, I cannot support. But I I do get (laughs) why people must advocate for the benefits of wasps. (laughs) Um, Does that. So, okay, that's endorse horse. Is it time for chunch chat? Yeah. It's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Ben Chunch. Um, well, there's no news specifically Ben Chunch news, but um, someone commented on Martha's Instagram recently, what the F are you doing? How are you looking this amazing? <laughs> And she responded, eating very well, Pilates three times a week, horseback ride at least once a week. No smoking, little drinking, green juice daily. Um, Okay. Seems like she drinks a lot, but maybe not. Um, But yeah, horseback ride at least once a week. Love it. All right. That's why you look so good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keeps you limber. Um, (laughs) I don't know. For me, it kind of hurts my hips, but whatever. Um. Mix it up. Also, she's cleaning out her basket house. As we all know, she has an entire house just for her basket just collection. Just for her baskets, yes. And so she said, my little basket house needed a new roof, replaced the rotted cedar shingles with a brand new painted metal roof that will outlive most others. The baskets inside had to be removed during the two-day process. Gave me time to clean inside and rearrange and even edit a bit, getting to be time for another tag sale because she had like this huge <gasps> tag sale last time. But all the stuff seemed really expensive, so I don't know. It didn't seem like a deal. And you had to, like, pay to get into the tag sale. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for charity, but... (laughs) But still. still. Here's my question. That basket house, full of spiders, do you think? Like, how... I think probably full of spiders, right? How is it not? Like, I put something in my garage, and two seconds later, there's, like, a brown widow (laughs) family in there of several generations. So I don't understand how they're not full these just also like why have so many baskets and then all you do is keep them in a shed what are they for and she what are they for does she i mean we just had easter did she pull them out for that or no she doesn't seem like it you know if she did she would have posted about it yeah but like no she just has them what does martha do with her baskets also they're beautiful and there's definitely a lot i don't know about baskets because Okay, so there's people in the comments who are like basket collector pros. And one was like, one person whose name on Instagram is Jaskets. (laughs) 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 Oh, I see. They are a basket maker themselves. Um, Yes. I mean, I figured that their name wasn't actually Jaskets. (laughs) No, their name is their name is Tony. But they wrote. Yeah. Oh, my. I think I see baskets from Stefan Zeh, Martha Weatherby, etc. 
are you really getting rid of some of those signature baskets? So they can recognize on site, like who the basket's made by, which I'm like, I cannot tell the difference between any of these baskets. Uh, And Martha wrote back, never. Stefan Zeh and the baskets made in Chester, Massachusetts are my favorites, as are the miniatures by Mary Prater in Tennessee. Mr. Higgins lived in Chester and made pounded ash the old fashioned way. And they responded, oh, I know. I have a number of Ben Higgins baskets in my personal collection. And then then they said, I don't think I have any of Mary Prater's baskets. I do have a number of Gertie Youngblood's baskets and was actually fortunate to get to take a basket class from her back in the mid 80s. So of course, I like Googled all these people and I'm like, how much do these baskets cost? And they're all on eBay and like, you know, whatever for like $400 to $1,200. Like, and I can't tell the difference between any of them, but I mean, they're beautiful. I love that she just fucking knows her shit. So she's just really collecting baskets from people she's a fan of. Yeah. And they're, yeah. And from places like Chester, Massachusetts, which apparently is the place to get a basket. Um, I looked it up and there's a lot of like basket makers there. And some of them are like um, Amish, you know, and, I mean, they look they look nice. There's, yeah, there, there's a specific specific kind of basket that's for like egg collecting. That's like kind of rounded and it's very pretty. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess she probably uses some of these for like harvesting in her garden and like for picnics and for like I guess there's like a bunch of different reasons you need a basket. Maybe, but she has like there's like two hundred baskets. She has in a here. lot. There's yeah. so many. She's just she's a collector. And because she has a special house for them, it doesn't seem like hoarding. But (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does look nice. I don't see any cobwebs. What's her secret? Yeah. Here's my spider Um, house. (laughs) I just saw on her other post about it, like before the Mm -hmm. um, that Paul Downs commented, this is so this so Deborah. Paul Downs, one of the creators of Hacks, is it <laughs> very like, is it very yeah. Debbie Vance to have a to have a basket house? <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah, she is. She's definitely a collector. It's a little more like folksy than what Deborah Vance seems like she would be really into. But yeah. she does love those like you know antique salt salt shakers or whatever. Sorry, Paul, you're a little wrong about the character you created. Um, <laughs> she's not that cottage core. <laughs> Oh, boy. Does that conclude Chunch Chat? Uh, yes. Okay, that concludes Chunch Chat. We'll be right back with one on fun. One on fun. Emily. Yes. What is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Oh my god, that's such a good question because I feel like there are definitely movies I've seen where I'm like that was too scary for me, but I don't know if I remember them. Yeah, are there any that like you can't get the images out of your head? Oh god. Um Fuck, I don't know. It's I fine. mean, it's fine if you have a healthy brain that doesn't um give you like yeah Uh, invasive imagery all the time (laughs) i mean like i definitely have nightmares about things that i've watched very often Mm -hmm. but i guess i just don't watch that many movies i feel like i've avoided horror movies for long enough that i don't have that much in there from it yeah but like i i think yellow jackets is really fucking scary oh yeah that does seem scary i haven't seen it for that reason yeah too too gory maybe for me yeah, I need to watch more of it. But, like, honestly, there are things where I'm like, 
I get scared just from like reading the Wikipedia description of certain things. I'm yeah. like hearing the movie 127 hours described. Oh God, no, yeah, it's I, like this scary. I'm like I can't even think about it. And like, uh, yeah, so stuff like that is I think more scary to me than like actual. <laughs> Yeah, I, that yeah. that movie. I was like, why would I watch that? That seems why like, would anyone watch that? This seems that like is the fucking pure worst torture. thing I can imagine. Ugh. Um. Um. Yeah, I read the descriptions online for like um, Midsummer and Hereditary so many times. I've never seen an Ari Aster movie. I'm kind of like ups- <laughs> upset that I probably will have to watch them as part of my bad vibes watch. You know, if oh, I'm really, yeah. really being thorough. Um, but yeah, I've, I keep reading the descriptions and scaring the shit out of myself. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, some <sighs> movies are very scary. Yucky. I'm trying to think if there's like a horror movie. Like, I feel like Get Out is the last like kind of horror movie I've seen. I love Get Out. I want to rewatch it. I love it so much. And it's but it's like, you know, it's not gory, really. Did you see Nope? I haven't seen Nope yet. Have oh, it's you? good. It's good. Yeah, okay. it's not that scary. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I should watch that. Um, yeah, it, the, it, the scariest thing in it to me is just the chimpanzee. Okay, because I, I just don't like chimps. Um, <laughs> I, still... I saw I saw the thing, but oh, that was like the John Carpenter and that was... movie. What the John Carpenter movie? Yeah, yeah. I really want to see that. Oh, it's really good. Cool. I think you'll really like it, and it's it's like got some gory moments but it's like because it's sort of like they use a lot of practical effects some of it's like doesn't feel as like realistic yeah it's you old. know it's old and so it's and it's you know it's more of a psychological thriller at that's, a certain point that's what i it's, like i like yeah. psychological thrills that are yeah. about something in society yeah, where you're like it's it makes you think about something where it's like the the way the thing works is like it's sort of about like they're trying to figure out if they're infected with a thing, you know, and yeah. so it's like sort of turning on each other and you know, Ooh, and this like so weird creepy. isolated like yeah. And they're like in Antarctica or wherever, like yeah. it's um it's yeah. good. Um but yeah, I don't I don't really like horror movies. Um Fair. There were some like creepy movies at the Oh, at the festival? At the film festival, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of them were just kind of vibey. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. Lisa. Um, if you had the power to, like, observe any, like, anything that has ever happened in history, like, one moment, like, it could be, like, a secret moment in someone's life that we've always wondered about, or it could be like, you know, something that was public, but that we maybe don't have a historical record of, or just however you want to interpret it. You could observe one, one person's life at any moment in their life. Who would it be in what moment? Oh my God. Uh, how do I even answer that? There's, I, it's a very hard one to answer. The Oh man. Well, I mean, my my go to response, which is like the stupidest possible response, is just the everything that went down in the elevator with Beyonce and oh, Jay Z and Solange. That's a great answer, which yeah. is just such a like easy, <laughs> stupid go to. Just what's happening there? I mean, 
Yeah. Um, I just want to know all the details, but that's not very smart. <laughs> that's a good I mean, answer, it's like though. I should. I feel like it should be like when Napoleon was deciding <laughs> when to conquer, <laughs> or like when Cleopatra when Cleopatra was uh, bitten by the asp or whatever. I'm just yeah. making up shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big. I'm not a huge history buff, so I'm just sort of blanking. I'm just like yeah. thinking about a bunch of. I think gossip is fine. My it's... first instinct was gossip, just to be like people who were, co- you know, committed crimes or were convicted of crimes or were exonerated from crimes. Like, I want to know if they actually did them or like. Yeah. Or I guess I would like kind of like to know like what the, what the deal was with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part, the part where he turned water into wine what was really happening. What was there? that? What was, what was really happening? What's going on there? <laughs> Yeah, I would love to see Jesus. Um, (laughs) I kind of want to, I would love to just see how people actually talked. Like, what did they actually sound like? Because we don't know. There's no recording. So, like, you know, I'd love to go back to, like, um, was it, like, Henry VIII who, like, killed all his wives, basically? Yeah. Like, he just kept murdering wives and then getting new wives. So I'd love to, like, see some of that. Like, what was, what did that sound like when he was, like, confronting a wife and then deciding to kill her? Yeah, I mean, I, and then, I'm like, a, when he was, like, trying to court a new wife, just being like, listen, I promise I won't murder you. Yeah. You think? <laughs> and just, like, what was the colloquial language? Like, what did it actually sound like? I'd love to know that. But I'm sure if I went back and actually was able to watch that, I'd be like, oh, God, please get me out of here. This is so gross. Everything's disgusting yeah. and dirty and, like, and so and violent. smells so bad. It smells bad. <laughs> and the food is bad. And it's violent. And, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, like. It's this is like the reasons why I stopped watching Game of Thrones. Like I just don't need to see this. Yeah, but I'm curious. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say the rules of this are you don't have to smell anything. <laughs> That's a great rule. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Before we get into Wiki of the Week, uh, I'll address some of our responses from the candy desk episode because we got a lot of responses about candy Oh yes please this was a real firebrand episode it was so we got a bunch of people writing in about potato candy because i was joking about how i wanted like a mounds bar with mashed potatoes inside instead (laughs) of coconut and someone uh said i'm writing to say that the exact candy lisa described which contains mashed potatoes and has the consistency of a mounds bar actually exists it is a popular treat in the state of Maine, particularly northern Maine, northern Maine. A lot of people wrote in about this. Um, I grew up in Aroostook County, Maine. It's Maine's most northern county and was for years the heart of the nation's potato industry, with Maine only being surpassed by Idaho in the mid-20th century. To this day, many public schools have a three-week fall harvest vacation so that children can pick and harvest potatoes. <gasps> Anyway, there are so many potatoes in northern Maine that people make tons of food out of them, including bread, donuts, and even candy. Specifically, they make a homemade candy bar called a Needham. Oh, pronounced Needham. Um, So there's like a Wikipedia about it and you can buy them. And like, I I was so curious. I almost wanted to order some online, but then I feel like, I mean, I should just. You're like, I don't need them. I don't need them. (laughs) I I worry about how they would travel. I don't know. It just. How does yeah, it, it doesn't po- seem like it would travel well, but potatoes like one of the things that goes the goes bad the fastest at room temperature. But like, so I'm just wondering how it's prepared and stuff. I'm just curious, but I would love to have a chance to go there sometime. And yeah, try. I mean, if it was like completely sealed in candy, it might not. Yeah, it wouldn't be exposed to the air. Yeah, I don't but, know. I'm curious. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm very curious about that as well. So I lunch- love. I love potatoes. I love potatoes. I mean, this sounds delicious. A lot of people wrote in about it. Um, And then someone else wrote in, uh, I love the recent episode on the Candy Desk. You mentioned Senator Todd Young is the current manager, resident of the Candy Desk, and wondered what... Steward. Steward. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Ranger. Um, And wondered what candy he ought to stock. As far as Indiana candies go, there's a lot of chocolate and fudge options, and almost all the candy stores are as far away from Indianapolis as you can get. They're all near Lake Michigan or near Ohio. So they listed a bunch Albanese candy, which I mostly associate with their gummy bears, DeBrand chocolates, Donaldson's Fine chocolates, Olympia Candy Kitchen, South Bend Chocolate Company, Ghislaine Chocolate, and Abbott's Candy Shop. Um, and then the real reason I'm writing is the Uranus Chocolate Shop, which is the only major candy shop I know of near Indianapolis. It has what might be the most juvenile billboard in Indiana. And it's just Uranus Fudge Factory <laughs> General Store. It's just, and it's like on a rocket. Oh, God. And they sell terrible merch. They have, like, Make Uranus Great Again. Oh, God. Um, Uranus Fudge Packers Union. Jesus. Proudly packing fudge in Uranus since 2015. (laughs) Just, like, grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Join the Fudge Packers Union and you won't have to work in the receiving department anymore. Just weird. Jesus. Just just really going really hard on it. Um, But... Thank you for writing in to let us know about this and uh, to let Senator Todd Young, he should uh, look into this. Yeah. Get some get some local Indianapolis candies. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the blowback if he. <laughs> <laughs> if he like started buying all the anal sex candy. <laughs> <laughs> blowback. Uh- <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you I'm, all for writing in about these things. Yes, we really appreciate it. Um, all right. Does that conclude one on fun? Yes. We will be right back with Wiki of the Week. Hey there, beautiful people. I am your favorite authoress, Trayvell Anderson, of We See Each Other, a black trans journey through TV and film. You know this is supposed to be a promo for our show, Fanti, and not your book, right? It's called Multitasking. I can't with you right now. Trayvell and I have an award-winning show called Fanti that we both host, and it's a podcast where we dig into the complex and complicado mm-hmm. conversations about the gray areas in our lives. Perhaps there is a public figure of some sort, and you're like, oh, that person's so smart and so charming, but you're also like, oh, that person gets on my nerves. Okay, okay. You can catch us every week right here on Max Fun or wherever you get your slayworthy audio. And you can watch us on the YouTube every Friday. That's Fanti. F-A-N-T-I. Since we reached our highest milestone during the Max Fun Drive, we are creating a Max Fun Foley library full of sound effects from your favorite hosts. The whole MaxFun community will be able to use it. So, what would you like it to feature? People high-fiving? Walking through mud? Chicken clucking? Jazz kazoo? Head to MaximumFun.org slash Foley. That's MaximumFun.org slash F-O-L-E-Y and submit your ideas. We're excited to make this silly thing together and even more excited to see what you all create with it. And thank you again for a great Max Fun Drive. Wait, wait, wait. 
the week. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia, we're sticking with the horror theme for this week's Wikipedia page. Yeah. This page was sent to us by Alice Lee. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. It is the Wikipedia page for Kuchisaki Ona. This one's really creepy. Yes, it's very creepy. So, tr- you know, be be warned. Um, content warning, creepiness ahead. So Kuchisaki Ona means slit-mouthed woman, which is a malev- malevolent, it's a hard word to say, figure in Japanese urban legends and folklore. Described as a malicious spirit or onryo of a woman, she partially covers her face with a mask or other item and carries a pair of scissors, a knife, or some other sharp object. She is most often described as having long, straight black hair, pale skin, and otherwise being considered beautiful, except for her scar. She has been described as a contemporary yokai. Which is a class of supernatural entities and spirits in Japanese folklore. According to popular legend, she asks potential victims if they think she is beautiful. If they respond with no, she will either kill them with her long medical scissors on the spot, or wait until nightfall and murder them in their sleep. Hmm. If they say yes, she will reveal that the corners of her mouth are slit from ear to ear, and she will then repeat her question. If the individual responds with no, she will kill them with her weapon. And if they say yes, hesitantly, she will cut the corners of their mouth in such a way that resembles her own disfigurement. Methods that can be used to survive an encounter with Kuchisaki Ona include answering her question by describing her appearance as average <laughs> or by distracting her with money or hard candies. How does how does telling her she looks average help? I don't understand. It's like because then you're not like saying oh. she's not beautiful or you're not like lying. And you're not saying like, yeah, you're beautiful. You're so beautiful. I want to look like you. Yeah, I guess so. I like that this wiki page has a conversational diagram. Yeah, it's a flow chart. <laughs> a flow chart. So first ask, am I pretty? And then if it's no, it goes kill you with scissors. If it's yes, takes off masks, ask, how about now? If it's no, cuts you in half. If it's yes, slits your mouth so it appears like hers. That's yeah. it. Um, wow. The Kuchi Sake Ana legend has been described as dating back to the 17th to 19th centuries during Japan's Edo period. The story experienced a resurgence of awareness in 1970s Japan when several newspapers and magazines reported on the legend and rumors surrounding it spread throughout the country, leading to young children being accompanied by groups of adults while walking home from school. Wait, why? Were they worried? Because, like, people started, like, believing in the legend again and then were worried that that... That's so, it's so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, The legend and its variations. According to legend, Kuchisaki Ona was a woman who was mutilated during her life with her mouth being slit from ear to ear. In some versions of the story, Kuchisaki Ona was the adulterous wife or mistress of a samurai during her life. She grew lonely as the samurai would always be away from home fighting. Because of this, she would have affairs with men around the town. When the samurai heard of this, he was outraged. As punishment for her infidelity, her husband sliced the corners of her mouth from ear to ear. Yuck. Other versions of the tale include that her mouth was mutilated during a medical or dental procedure, that she was mutilated by a woman who was jealous of her beauty, or that her mouth is filled with numerous sharp teeth. All scary. All scary. After her death, the woman returned as a vengeful spirit, or oniro. 
As an onryo, she covers her mouth with a cloth mask, often specified as a surgical mask, or in some iterations, a hand fan or handkerchief. She carries a sharp instrument with her, which has been described as a knife, a machete, a scythe, or a large pair of scissors. She's also described as having supernatural speed. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. Um, she's, she's, she's in general very scary, I'm going to say. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of her. <laughs> I don't want her near me. She is yeah. <laughs> said to ask potential victims if they think she is attractive, often phrased as Watashi Kirai, which translates to Am I pretty or Am I beautiful? And then blah blah blah. Yes, yes, we've we've covered this. We've yes. covered the <laughs> potential results with the consequences. of your consequences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the consequences of interacting with her. The consequences <laughs> are bad. Try not to talk to her. Try this not to sounds g- like <laughs> get into a conversation. <laughs> she definitely kind of sounds like the invention of like a 1980s uh, stand-up comedian who's like, women are always asking you if they look fat. There's no right answer. <laughs> They'll either cut you or kill you. Yeah. <laughs> An individual can survive an encounter with Kuchisaki Ona by using one of several methods. Okay, let's um, listen up. Here's how you survive when yes. you're near her. Um. Okay. And this is an, an elaboration of the previous description of what to do. In some versions of the legend, Kuchisaki Ona will leave the potential victim alone if they answer yes to both of her questions, though in other versions, she will visit the individual's residence later that night and murder the person while sleeping. <laughs> other survival tactics include replying to Kuchisaki Ona's question by describing her exp- is appearance as average, giving the individual enough time to run away. <laughs> Distracting her by giving or throwing money or hard candies, particularly the kind of candy known as bekoame, made of caramelized sugar. This sounds like it was invented by the uh, manufacturer of bekoame candies (laughs) in her direction, as she will stop to pick them up, or by saying the word pomade three times. What? The fuck? (laughs) Uh, Pomade just links to the page for pomade, like the hair stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Why pomade? Why pomade? Yeah. Need more explanation of this. Yeah. Okay. Um, History. Author and folklorist Matthew Meyer has described the Kuchisake Ona legend as having roots dating back to Japan's Edo period. Yes, we know that. Yes. Cool. Um, In print, the legend dates back to at least as early as 1979. Um, it is reported in publications such as Gifu Prefecture, um, blah, blah, blah. Their newspaper. Um, led to young children sometimes being accompanied by members of parent-teacher association groups while walking home from school. Yeah. Historian and manga author Shigeru Mizuki considered Kuchisaki Ona to be an example of a yokai, a term which can refer to a variety of supernatural monsters, spirits, and demons in Japanese folklore. According to Zach Davison, a translator of many of Mizuki's works, when Mizuki put her in one of his newest yokai encyclopedias, that's when she was officially considered a yokai. Okay. Yeah. In popular culture. Um, they've appeared in live-action films as well as manga Anime and video games, they appear in the 1994 animated film Pompoko, produced by Studio Ghibli. Later appears in the 1996 live-action short film Kuchisaka Ona, directed by Teruyoshi Ishii. Cool. Cool. She's also mentioned in the 1998 film Ring, directed by Hideo Nakata. I want to see in this. 2000. What? This is on my list of things to see. Oh, yeah. Ringu. 
In 2007, the film Carved, The Slitmouthed Woman, also known under the titles Kuchisake Ona or A Slitmouthed Woman, directed by Kochi Shiraishi and featuring Miki Mizuno as Kuchisake Ona, was released. The film was followed by Carve 2, The Scissors Massacre, <laughs> also known as Kuchisake Ona 2, and The Slitmouthed Woman 0, The Beginning, or Kuchisake Ona 0, Binginingu, both of which were released in 2008. The Kuchisaki Ona character later appeared in the 2012 film Kuchisaki Ona Returns, as well as in the webcomic Mob Psycho 100. <laughs> it's also the basis for a character that appears in the episode Dance Voodoo of the American TV series Constantine. Cool. The fuck? I've never heard of this show. I know. I didn't know there was a TV show, Constantine. Yeah. Um, is this still? Oh, no. It it was a one season show on NBC in from 2014 to 2015. Okay. I mean, I love the movie with Keanu. But yeah, the show did not have Keanu, so yeah, we were also thinking of doing a Keanu watch. <laughs> I mean, that's not a terrible idea. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. Love um, him. There's so for the C also. I like this list. Bloody Mary, an urban legend about a demonic apparition who appears in mirrors. Japanese urgent, urban legends, enduring modern Japanese folk tales. La Llorona, the ghost of a woman in Latin American folklore. Have we done this one. I feel like we've talked about her. Um. Madame Koi Koi, an African urban legend about the ghost of a dead teacher. Uni, a Japanese yokai with a face like that of a demon woman, Kijo, torn from mouth to ear. Oh, interesting. Oh, God. The picture's creepy. Yeah. Uh, Teke Teke, a Japanese urban legend about the spirit of a girl with no legs. This is um, so scary. Yeah, something about a mouth that just goes up too far at the corners is is just always scary. It's like Joker, you know, it's... What yeah. Stuff. Do you think Joker is a ripoff of this? No, I think it's like a universal human fear. But also, yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree Joker sucks. So yeah. anyway, uh, that concludes and, you know, the week. <laughs> Western stuff tends to rip off Japanese mm-hmm. and other Eastern stuff a lot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. Well, thank you so much for sending. That concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? What Lisa. did I learn? I learned. What did you learn today? Uh, I learned if I'm in Aspen and I'm going to ride the thing at Snowmass, uh, I could just ride it once. Yes, and you should ride it alone if you don't want to go. Yeah, past. ride it alone. Yeah. Yeah. These are good tips. Yeah. And also to breathe oxygen out of a can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't know existed. Yeah. And I learned how to defend myself against Kuchisaki Ona, which is to just have hard candies with me at all times. Yeah. And I think that's probably good advice for everyone. Yeah. And to just, just in general. And I guess when someone in general asks you if they look pretty, just say, eh, average. <laughs> <laughs> By yourself time. Yeah, that's another good defense. <laughs> no matter who it is. Yeah. Um, is there, do you think there's a chance that like some, this legend was invented by someone who accidentally told a woman she looked average and that she was like, what the fuck? And he was like, okay, wait, hear me out. Um, there's this uh, uh, demon who uh, will kill you if you say that she's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> this is the only way to survive. 
So really, I'm just trying to not get murdered with medical scissors in my sleep. Is that okay? <laughs> I guess you want me to get murdered for your vanity? <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. Um. <laughs> God. Um, um, I've got a sleep talking story here. Oh, yes, please. Um, this person sent a lot. So I'll just... <laughs> pick one sorry i can't read them all but um it's funny because it's like a lot of people who have sleep talking stories it's like it's a recurring problem very few people just sleep talk once yeah no definitely adam was sleep talking again last night and i didn't even catch what it was because i was too sleepy i was like yeah this is probably not one of the hits (laughs) i'll leave it (laughs) (laughs) um let's see I wanted to send you all some sleep talking from my partner, who's one of those people capable of falling asleep anywhere, even mid-conversation. When we first started living together, she was entering the second year of medical school and had to cram lots of information into her brain in a short period of time. This meant that the material would come up routinely while she was sleep talking, and I, of course, transcribed her conversations with her permission. (laughs) For instance... Um, she said, that sounds great. I said, what sounds great? She said, we should talk about your history, like how you shaped my legs long ago. Me. (laughs) I shaped your legs? Her, frowning. What? All I said is that I wanted to bind up next to your ta-ta box. Note, ta-ta boxes are a sequence of DNA that help other proteins bind in order to change how the DNA is being read. I needed that. Me. That sounds pretty dirty. Her. I can't help it that your amino acids are so attractive. It's a compliment that I want to lick them. (laughs) I hate when people are smarter in their sleep than I am awake. I know it's so unfair. <laughs> I don't know what a Tata box is, and I've already forgotten. <laughs> uh, I'll read one more from them. They sent a bunch. Um, they said everything is in its place. I said that's good. They said, but they don't know what it should be named. I said, naming what? The American Healthcare Bill about healthcare bill. They're really naming it that? Yeah, because it's about healthcare bill. The healthcare bill. <laughs> so serious <laughs> uh, yeah. thank you thank you for sending that in <laughs> that's great thank you so much please continue to not get very good sleep yes so that s- i can hear more of these stories <laughs> yes you can send them to us at baby geniuses podcast at gmail.com you can also send us butt pics and uh yes. anything else and new listener profiles we got another new listener profile today oh yeah do you want to read that Yeah. um, My name is Christy and I really enjoy your podcast. I'm a fan of Maximum Fun and was looking for a podcast that was mostly just listening to a conversation of people whom I enjoy that has few guests. I like who I like and don't love surprise people. I love that. I I get that. Yeah. And minimal minimal agenda, just random conversation. Yeah. I fully enjoy you too. Little do you know, I have got quite the agenda. You just don't know what it is. It's just so subtle. (laughs) It's so subtle. And I'm just not effective at pursuing it. (laughs) I've listened to about 30 episodes starting from the most recent and working backwards. This has been a fun way to experience your podcast because I get to know things like Emily finally got her $200 back from her landlord, but then I had to wait to actually experience the conflict. (laughs) I also know that you have requested butt pics, but I haven't gotten to the point where I find out why you asked for butt pics in the first place. Oh, you have to go far back. Yeah, you're going to have to go far back, and you might not enjoy those episodes because we got a lot of guests on them, so we'll see. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. 
please tell Lisa that I have a little ranch in Colorado and <gasps> I have a mule named Daisy who is a Clydesdale donkey mix. So she oh. has a ginormous head and cankles. <laughs> <laughs> She's broke to ride. I also have four mini ponies, which I know are controversial in the horse world, but they're really fun. I feel we like have- they're not that controversial. Everyone kind of loves them, you know? When you see one, yeah. you just you just smile. So you, you got to melt when you see a, a yeah, mini pony. A mini pony. We also have a small herd of yaks and alpacas and goats and pigs, etc. I've attached a little video. Well, you're just living the dream. Yeah. I also wanted to tell you that when my husband and I were first married, I had a dream where I was frustrated that he wasn't pouring water in the bird bath correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I said in an irritated voice, put the water in the jar out loud while sleeping. And in real life, my husband asked, what? And I woke up (laughs) and looked at him and just started crying. (laughs) The whiplash from being so irritated at him in my dream scenario versus reality when I realized it was the actual I was the actual fool was so jarring that I just burst out in tears. I still remember the feeling that was about 16 years ago. <laughs> I feel like that that's very relatable to me, but I've done this while awake where I've just been so irritated and then realized I was being so foolish that it made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> when you realize you're being so unfair, yeah. you're like, I hate that I did that. Yes. Now I'm mad at me. Yeah. But I'm going to act like I'm mad at you still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How ch- dare you witness this? <laughs> and then sometimes I like check my hormone app just for like confirmation of <laughs> why I'm being insane. And then I show Adam. I'm like, see, see. <laughs> It's my ovaries. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> um, thank you for those. Um, again, babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can um, follow me online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller on most things. You can follow my Patreon at Lisa Hannawalt. I post drawings and comics and thoughts in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, big thanks to our... Uh, producer Rob Para. Yay. Yay. Thanks for our music, Nate Heller. Yay. Yay. And, and good- goodbye. Yay. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.